What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope wherever you all are at, whatever you all are doing, I hope you're having a great day because we have a great episode. We are going to have some serious fun today. I have something at the end of the show that I can I, I cannot wait. It's going to be such a good time. It's going to be seriously flipping awesome, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. We also have some major announcements that we're going to get to, some stuff that's going to blow your mind. I can't wait to share it with you. We're going to start the show kind of with that. But before we get to anything else, let me hit you guys with a little bit of a comprehensive about yesterday. So about yesterday, this is a, let me start with this. I, I wanted to tell you guys this every day this week, but I've, it's kind of slipped my mind, to be honest. It was announced over the past weekend that the Navy SEALs who got that ruling in court that they could not be processed out for refusing to get you know the vaccine, they have now lost that. It's been reversed. They are now on the fence to get removed from service, lose their tridents, and either go back to the fleet somehow, if they could fight it that way, or get processed out of the Navy. So that whole thing that we talked about last week with the Navy SEALs getting a, a hold placed on their administrative discharge over the vaccine, they, they've now lost that court battle. So we're looking, I'm looking to get some more information as to what's going on with that outside out of the community and share that with you guys. But I just want to give you that update. Also, um, maybe everyone who's been around for a while listening to the show, watching the show, might remember this from a year ago because today is the anniversary of when HSC-23, a squadron that I'm a plank owner at, lost a helicopter crew back in 2007. And I just want to take a moment to honor Lieutenant Adam Dyer, AW1 Corey Hellman, AW2 Christopher Will, and Lieutenant JG Laura Menke, the four shipmates that uh, HSC-23 lost when that helo went down off the bottom Richard. And I just want to take a moment of silence to remember them real quick. So if you guys don't mind with me just for a moment here. That was a tough day. That was a tough day to uh, hear about. I was on deployment with what was called at the time debt two of the of HSC-23. It was the second deployment to ever go out. The first one was air ambulance to Kuwait a couple months after that. We went on the USNS bridge, me and some of my uh, shipmates out there with a hel two helicopters on the bridge. Debt three, which was the third deployment, went out on the Bonham Richard, which is now, you know, scrap metal out at sea somewhere. And uh, they were doing training off of the Bonham Richard when the helicopter went down and the crew was killed. Uh, absolutely tragic. Hellman, AW1 Hellman, was supposed to be on the deployment with us. But he got pulled at the very last second, literally on the day we deployed, to go to a school before he went on deployment, and he ended up on that fateful flight. And so it's just crazy. It's been 15 years um, of kids growing up without parents, spouses, you know, going into their lives without their partner, and it's just something that you never forget. So you know, I hope everyone out there is honoring, you know, involved with that is honoring today in some way. Thanks everyone for bearing with me there. Now. We'll we'll move on with the show, and I want to uh, I want to I have I mean, oh my gosh, I so I'm going to announce something right now that I've been waiting to do until it, it was closer, um, and now I feel like it's close enough and and it's confirmed it's locked in. Uh, for our show, mark your calendars for the Scuttlebutt show on February third, which is a week from today. Um, well, I guess it'll be a week from tomorrow. Well, a week from today. I'm Anyway, in about a week, February 3rd. I'm trying to do the time difference in my head here. 
February 3rd. Oh my gosh, am I, is this killing you guys or what? What am I about to say? Uh, February 3rd, we will be live with Stu Scheller. So Stu Scheller is going to be on the show February 3rd live. If you guys have questions, email them to me. Write me on social media, the scuttlebutt show, gmail.com, Instagram, however you want to get those to me. I will review them. I can't promise that I'll get to all the questions that are in the chat while we're live because I assume there's going to be a lot of people asking questions. So if you do have questions that you want to forward on to Stu Scheller, he is scheduled to be with me live on February 3rd. So send it all. Send it all to me. I want to hear it. I want to hear your questions. Please send them in the form of emails or direct messages because if if you just put them in the chat here, uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm probably not gonna remember to write them all down while we're doing the show. Which, by the way, today's show is jam packed with great stories. We have absolutely awesome stories to cover. Um, you guys are reacting in the chat right now as I'm reading it. Stu's live. Yes, who's that? Who's that cheese? You can go look up Stu Scheller. Um, let's see, the guy from Jocko Podcast. That's an interesting way to put it. Let me just take a second to acknowledge everybody in the chat and everybody on the podcast and everybody from TikTok. Eric, Iron Lotus, Cheese, Neek. We've got Nuggets, One Gram of Sam, Eviana, MC, Hiram. Um, let's see who else is in here. Harry Lime Pie, great to see you. All the members and patrons, Seven, thank you for being here. Uh, that music that you were listening to before the show started was from an album on Spotify called Stream Beads Gold. Um, so you guys know what that is. And Jason, what's up? More army stories. We do Hiram, everybody. It is great to see you here. Hiram says, you know, this better than all of us, Max, correct me if I'm wrong, but when someone does something extremely stupid, obnoxious, dangerous, or otherwise really bad Navy UCMJ author authorities come down on, uh, them like a 7,000 pound vault safe. John, what's up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, true. It's true. The UCMJ. And you know, what's funny about that. We're going to talk about the UCMJ right now for our first story. Thank you for making that segue so easy for me. Fat Leonard scandal brings another guilty plea from a Navy officer, and I have a feeling these are going to start rolling through the news like a waterfall of guilty pleas with the Fat Leonard trial officially happening later in February. So, you guys listening to the show have probably heard me talk about Fat Leonard many times. I'm not going to go into the entire history of Fat Leonard here because it'd be a rehash of things we've talked about so many times. And it is just an insane story of how the Navy wasted so much money through fraudulently paying Fat Leonard, Leonard Francis, in exchange for bribes like women, drugs, alcohol, fancy hotels and dinners, etc., while they were overseas making port calls. These are admirals, commanders, captains in the Navy, the highest ranking officers who for many years defrauded the public taxpayers out of millions upon millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. I got to look at what the actual number is here. And that trial is scheduled to happen next month. But Fat Leonard, because he's dying of kidney disease, went on and made a podcast, which is on Apple Podcast right now, where you can hear everything that happened out there. And it is one of the biggest disgraces to ever hit the Navy. I'm ashamed to say that I actually was deployed with a couple of the ship officers who were caught up in this in this uh, in this in this um, case in this whole. Uh, debacle here and this criminal syndicate going on. And uh, and I pulled into Singapore on aircraft carrier where it turns out, you know, this was uh, this was what probably what was going on here. 
But today we have the news that Commander Steven Shedd, who, by the way, this is Commander Steven Shedd. You're looking at him on your screen right now. That's what the face of somebody who doesn't have any honor, courage, and commitment looks like. He's one of many, though, caught up in this ring of crime. Pled guilty in San Diego to court in court to bribery charges and admitted that he and eight other Navy members received more than $250,000 personally in meals, entertainment, travel, hotel expenses, gifts, cash, and the services of prostitutes from Francis. Oh my God. He was indicted in March, 2017. He becomes the third of the original nine defendants to plead guilty ahead of his trial. But there was more than nine. Listen to go listen to the podcast. I want to thank Harry Lyon Pie for reminding me to go listen to that. Absolutely epic. The Justice Department's investigation led to 34 Navy officials and defense contractors being charged with 28 already pleading guilty. Prosecutors say that the officials helped Francis win and maintain contracts, overbilling the Navy by more than $35 million in the process at, at a minimum. According to Shedd's admission laid out in his plea agreement, the defendants took official acts and exerted pressure on, advocated before, and provided advice to other U.S. Navy officials, knowing and intending that such advocacy would form the basis for such other officials' decisions to pay GDMA's claims, the company that Leonard Francis ran, overlook inflated invoices, quash bid protests by GDMA's competitors. So one of the things, just so you guys know, is when the government looks to contract, to hire a contract for some services, that contract must be open to be bid on by other companies. It ha By law, it must be a competitive environment before the Navy settles. They must review several contracts to ensure they're getting the best deal. They can't just pick one person. Now, there's very, there, there, there's encyclopedias on contracting that experts could probably go, well, in this instance and in that instance, you know, you can get special exceptions, single source, by name requests, all this stuff. But in generally speaking, uh, you know, you would, you would hear from multiple companies and go with the best company that can provide the proper services. But here they overlooked competitors to always give GDMA the contract. They Resolved in GDMA's favor, other questions, matters, and controversies regarding GDMA's husbanding business. So he has now pled guilty, scheduled to be sentenced on July 21st. My question to you is what should the sentence be for this kind of crime against the United States? OPSEC, fraudulent money laundering, accepting bribes, human trafficking in the form of prostitution and all these other offenses, what should the sentencing be? You tell me in the comments. So that is, uh, that is the first story, and that was a doozy, was it not? As this Fat Leonard thing continues to unravel, we are going to have more and more stories about it. So I can't wait to uh, share them with you. If that trial is, is being streamed or something, I would love to do a a play-by-play, -play, just monitoring the trial and react like the, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that kind of reaction thing. It would be pretty wild. Let's see what's going on in the chat really quick. Let's see. Sam says, Max, on a port call, wherever do the officers go on a port call? I never really see any. Yeah, that's true. Until at the until right before midnight when the last Liberty boats pull in and people are throwing up over the pier. Oh man, those were the days. Those were the days. Meh, lowest bitter. By the way, guys, would you join the army? That's a good question, Cheese. I probably would never go back and join the Army. That's that's a, a fact. He must complete a 100,000 hours worth of annual training in one sitting. Wow. A fate worse than death, Sam. A fate worse than death. UCMJ. Who, who was it? Was it Hiram who said about the UCMJ? Got to start on the UCMJ? We've got quite a few UCMJ stories today. I mean, almost exclusively UCMJ stories. The majority of what we're going to talk about today 
is the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And if you guys want to know more about it, that's why I keep my Blue Jackets manual right here. And you should have yours too if you're a good sailor. I came across this story yesterday. Oh my goodness gracious. I know you guys want to hear it, but I, I thought that it was important to uh, to put this story on the show because the story preceding this is going to be more relevant, okay? Maybe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. But here's the next story. Oh, I hate to have to cover this. I hate to do this. Former sailor admits to sexually assaulting 12-year-old at Kittery Naval Base in 2009. 12-year-old. Let's talk about it. A Michigan man admitted Tuesday to sexually assaulting a then 12-year-old girl in 2009 when he was a sailor stationed at Portsmouth Naval Shipyard in Kittery. Matthew Boyd, who's now 33, of Warren, a Detroit suburb, pled guilty to two counts of sexual abuse of a minor, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. The case is in federal court and U.S. District Court in Portland because the abuse took place on federal property. On base. Boyd was 20 and on active duty in the U.S. Navy when he began communicating with the victim who lived in Texas over the social media networking site MySpace.com. MySpace wasn't immune to this stuff, according to the court documents. In August 2009, the girl's mother gave her permission to visit Boyd in Maine. Think about that for a second. Before we go any further, before that goes any further, let's talk about the girl's mother gave her permission to visit Boyd in Maine. Excuse me? What? What? Can we get her on trial too? Boyd picked the victim up at Logan International Airport in Boston and took her to the base hotel, the Navy Lodge, maybe. We're talking Navy Lodge, you know, bachelor enlisted quarters, wherever they were. And nobody noticed anything about this was weird. Nobody had any suspicions. Nobody reported this because she stayed there for a week, a week. Court documents said during that time, Boyd sexually abused the girl. At one point during the visit, he gave her plan B or, you know, you might know it as the morning after pill to ensure she had not become pregnant. There's a trend here with these, you know, these pervs, these child abusers. They always tend to try to, you know, cover their tracks with deleting texts, morning after pills. It's really, really a sickness. It's disgusting. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm sickened by it completely. The sexual abuse came to light in 2020 after the victim reported it. The Naval Criminal Investigative Service, NCIS, taped a phone call the victim made to Boyd. Now she's married with a daughter. Oh, now he is married with a daughter in which he told the victim that his behavior was inappropriate. He says, but I had sex with you. According to a portion of the transcript in a call included in a court document, you were 12 and I was 20. And I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better, but I didn't. I didn't appropriate the judgment that I should have. And it's cost you apparently quite a lot over the years. So he tries to make nice with her, but that phone call was recorded because she obviously went to, to report these crimes. That's why the FBI was recording the phone call. Right now, it says Boyd is free on bail, facing up to 15 years in federal prison and a fine of up to $250,000. He could also be ordered to pay restitution to the victim for counseling services, which in absolutely every way he should get the most maximum sentencing. I'm surprised that he even would only get 15 years. I hope that his wife leaves him uh, and takes their daughter away so that she's safe from somebody who would do something like this. Uh, I hope that he just is effectively isolated from public forever because he's not, he's a threat to public safety. Somebody who would conspire to meet somebody over MySpace, traffic them into town, take them on base, 20 years old and 12 years old. There's no you know, discretion there. That That's uh, just a 
totally uh, overt child abuse. You know, it's not like a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old where you hear that about that in the military sometimes, an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old. No, this is a 20-year-old and a 12-year-old. Please, please let this person get absolute maximum sentencing, a disgrace to the Navy. Maybe they can go back and revoke his honorable, uh, if he got an honorable discharge, maybe they can go revoke that because they find out that these crimes were committed while he was in the service. Maybe they can go and do that. But whatever they have to do to make sure he gets the maximum punishment, I hope that they do it. So that's that story. Leave me a comment. I'd love to know what you think about it. Oh my gosh. Is it right that he's out on bail? Is it, well, I don't know. What do you guys think should happen? Leave me a comment. Let's see what's going on in the chat. Sam says no bail. Am I the only one that uses face space? This is horrible. Sam says, yes, yes, yes. Um, got away from MySpace and switched to Facebook in November, 2006. I got Facebook in 2009, not for nothing, but I'm actually glad MySpace lost relevance and popularity because a lot of things on like that with that platform. Yeah. I guess all social media though. I guess all social media, yeah. Should have known better. Absolutely. It's very sick. It's very sick and disgusting that that would happen. And I hope that uh, he'll he'll learn that he should have known better when he um, when he is in prison for 15 years, loses his family, loses his job. You know, he'll have to be on that Megan's Law list, you know, registered sex offender, all that stuff. Hopefully he's not getting any veterans benefits after this. It took her on base. On base. No, no thank you. Not good. Do, do not do that. Um, God, how do these people end up in the military? Why do we have so many stories like this, like every week? Is is this a exceptionally severe problem in the military of, of you know, child uh, abuse offenders? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. It seems like it's pretty, it's a pervasive problem, but I can't tell if it's more likely to affect people in the military or something. I'm not sure. It just seems like we have a lot of stories like this. Anyway... Maybe on the horizon are better days because it seems like, you know, long ago, this next story seems like this should have been resolved a long time ago, but it has not. And now something is happening to hopefully help women and men not have to endure that kind of uh, sexual abuse within the military. And that's this. Sexual harassment in the military, now a crime under Biden's order. Did you know sexual harassment wasn't a crime in the military? I kind of just am learning that too. Apparently, it was, let's just say, difficult to get somebody on a sexual harassment charge in the military. As you know, if you listen to the Scuttlebutt show a couple years ago, the Marine Corps had a problem with some revenge porn on a Facebook page called Marines United. And they ended up saying that, particularly in a law, revenge porn or the sharing of explicit photos or videos or information from a service member is, you know, within service is illegal without their consent. So that was to go protect people after the fallout of Marines United. Now they're stepping that up a little bit, which I think is absolutely a great step in the right direction. Sexual harassment formally added to the Uniform Code of Military Justice on Wednesday, a move that advocates hope can both help punish offenders and prevent other serious crimes from developing. And you might be thinking, uh, well, what, what, how is sexual harassment defined? And we're going to get to that. The executive order from President Joe Biden also ends some legal questions about whether military officials could prosecute the crime directly or would need to use other misconduct charges to effectively punish violators. This is a mechanism for there to be accountability when that's appropriate, and we really don't have that right now with these crimes. That's according to Lynn Rosenthal, who led the Pentagon's Independent Review Commission reviewing sexual misconduct reforms last year. 
And I do think that it helps create cultural change to see that sexual harassment is being taken very seriously. This is something that causes a lot of harm on its own and is also linked to these higher rates of sexual assault. I think it's probably safe to say sexual assault is preceded by sexual harassment. I remember a time in San Diego at an uh, aviation squadron, a female had been getting sexually harassed at work. She reported it. Nothing happened. That male who was harassing her came to the squadron parking lot, waited for her to arrive at work, and then shot her multiple times. I do believe she survived, but maybe if somebody could have intervened in a more official capacity when she reported sexual harassment, that would have never happened. An estimated one in every 16 women and one in 143 men experienced sexual assault within the military services. Those numbers are striking. Last summer, Rosenthal's commission recommended the UCMJ changes among a list of other reforms aimed at curbing sexual misconduct in ranks, and lawmakers mandated the moves as part of the annual defense authorization bill. President Biden tweeted uh, today, this afternoon, I'm signing an executive order to make sexual harassment an offense in the Uniform Code of Military Justice and to strengthen the military's response to domestic violence and the wrongful broadcast or distribution of intimate visual images. The new language also specifies that harassment can occur in person or online to include the unwanted, shared, unwanted sharing of intimate or pornographic imagery. That's kind of uh, along the lines of the Marines United stuff. Under the language outlined in the defense bill, Harassment is defined. Here we go. This is what sexual harassment is defined as. Defined under the new code as making an unwanted sexual advance, demanding sexual favors, or other inappropriate conduct of a sexual nature where victims are led to believe that refusal could endanger their career or safety. This effectively is on top of existing laws that do say that between a superior and a subordinate, there cannot be consent because of the power dynamic in that relationship. So, you know, fraternization laws exist, power, abuse of power laws exist, but here, any unwanted sexual advance, sexual favor, or other conduct inappropriate of a sexual nature that the victim believes could endanger their career or safety if they refuse falls under this category. Some people might be thinking, Oh, well, that could lead to tons of false reporting. You know, maybe there there are already many cases of that. You guys remember a story earlier this year of a female who was late to work. And as a result, she made her friend drive her out to the woods, made herself all dirty. And then she said that she had been, you know, assaulted by a male uh, soldier at, at a, a bar and or another male sailor out at a bar and that that was all ended up being fake. So that th those problems already exist. I don't think that the focus here should, for anybody thinking that, I certainly don't think the focus here should be on how this law could be used wrongly. I think the focus should be how it could be used rightly. And they go on to talk about Vanessa Guillen, who had, you know, was murdered at Fort Hood. Uh, she had previously reported sexual harassment. The harasser was not the person who ended up killing her, but who knows what type of intervention, if there had been intervention in that case, or if people had a better understanding of a threat of intervention, all the ways that could have been different. I think that just people knowing, just service members knowing that these unwanted advances could be criminal might make them think twice before, you know, aggressively pursuing romantic or sexual relationships with coworkers. And I think that that's a great idea. I really want to live in a world where somebody joins the military, the United States military, 
and doesn't have to worry about getting, you know, essayed by one of their battle buddies, shipmates, devil dogs, their wingman, their guardian in arms, whatever the Space Force says, their coasty with the mosty, whatever it is. I just like to see a world where that's not a problem. And I, if you guys disagree or agree, let me know in the comments. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Who's Jody keeps letting in these peeps. Oh, we're going to talk about Jody. What's up, Corporal in the chat? Let's see. I thought it was a crime. Check the Blue Jackets manual. I think in some obscure ways it was a crime, but what they're saying is they had to address those particular issues via other charges. Sexual harassment wasn't a crime until now. What has been going on in our military these past hundred years? They've had other, like, like assault is a crime, but now they've broadened the spectrum of what is harassment. And so now there's more, uh, there's more coverage for unwanted advances. Like they were saying, when people feel like, hey, my boss is coming on to me. He's an E6. I'm an E3. Should, what should I do? Should I do it or don't do it? Or what if I don't do it? Those types of things is what they're trying to address. If you wouldn't say it to your sister, mother, or grandmother, don't say it to a female. I like that. This might be a dumb question. Does the military have SVU for this type of thing? I think within um, NCIS, Navy Criminal Investigative Services, there are, and I'm sure CID and you know whatever the other branches have, they that they do have those types of uh, units, but um, I can't I can't explain it better than that. I don't want to BS you guys. So I want to let you guys know. You guys know I like playing games. I wish that I had more time. I wish that I was in the United States. I could play a lot more games online with you guys. It's tough out here in Okinawa for me to get on the controller, get on the mouse and keyboard, and game away. I spend my time prepping this show. It's right in the middle of the afternoon for me, and then I got to go take care of some other stuff often, and I try to make time for games where I can. But one veteran who has certainly made the time for games has turned it into a really good cause, which I admire quite a bit, and let's talk about him. Veteran gamers live streaming could mean big donations for veteran charities, and I'm going to let you guys know how you can get involved with this. So, Jacob Hossman, hope I'm saying that right, he joined the Army in 2002 at 17 years old. That was his childhood dream. A year later, he's in Iraq as an infantryman. So that is a pretty uh, quick you know, turnaround. When he came home, he described himself as an entirely different person. He struggled with the common symptoms associated with returning veterans, telltale signs of traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder. He sought treatment, discovered a passion for the nonprofit Fisher House Foundation, which we've talked about on the show before. And along with that, he found the perfect way to help raise money for it. He was deployed in 2003. He suffered a traumatic brain injury when an IED hit his striker infantry carrier vehicle and knocked him unconscious. In 2004, when he came home, he had anxiety ringing in his ears, sleep-related issues, which are obviously we've talked about sleep at length on this show, and problems in his personal life. He was diagnosed with PTSD. For six years, he stuck to a counseling medication regimen at the Veterans Affairs Hospital in Omaha, Nebraska, despite it being 100 miles away from his home. While going through his treatment, he noticed that some families visiting his VA hospital came from almost as far as he did, and they often were there for days at a time. Then that's where he learned about Fisher House. Fisher House, they have those in San Diego. They have them in VA hospitals where people can stay while they're undergoing treatments at hospitals. So you can go to the Fisher House and get a room you don't have to drive five or six hours a day. You can go there and just have a home, have a room to ease the stress of travel, undergoing serious treatments, et cetera. It's an awesome foundation. 
Haasman one day would become known as Deltia, one of the top streamers for the video game Elder Scrolls Online through the live streaming service Twitch. So he's a Twitch streamer. Hundreds of people at any given moment are signed in to watch him play the game. Elder Scrolls is like an online role-playing game where you try to you know, get the best fireball ability, the most health points to battle the biggest dragons. It's actually super fun. In 2021, he used his abilities to raise money for Fisher House. This is last year through a marathon of more than 24 hours of gameplay. So he played for 24 hours straight and raised $10,000 for the Fisher House. Now, he's going to do it again. He's going to play for 60 hours over a five-day period in March, hoping to raise more money. So this March, you guys can follow Deltia on Twitch for this marathon stream where he's going to be raising money for the Fisher House. You can go watch, maybe meet some people in the community, donate a little bit, and it's for a good cause. So some readers might balk at the idea that people would rather watch someone else play a video game or that any money could be raised this way, but Twitch is a big deal. It's a big uh, money-making, uh, it's a career for many people. 2,300 Twitch viewers were watching streamers play Elder Scrolls Online at any given time in 2021 for the whole year, an average of 2,300. So 1.3 million hours viewed. That's crazy, crazy. Twitch streamers are showing strong philanthropic streaks as well, raising $83 million in 2020. That's insane. With more than $27,000 raised for Fisher House in 2021. The military has esports teams. They are doing uh, recruiting, out community outreach, fundraising, all that stuff. So if you guys are interested, I wanted to let you know about Delta. You can go follow him on Twitch. And, and when he streams his marathon stream, maybe we'll get involved here on the Scuttlebutt show somehow and see if there's any way that we can help. Maybe go give him some super chats and, uh, and make a difference in the Fisher House. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments down below. Have you ever heard of Deltia? Uh, to have you, do you play Elder Scrolls online? I would love to hear from you. Let me say what's up to Jacob Donenworth, who just dropped a $5 super chat. By the way, you guys remember Jacob? He's running for sheriff in Onslow County, where the, that vehicle crashed the other day with those Marines in it. And uh, and his website's now live. So you can go to jacobforsheriff.com and check out his brand new website. It's pretty epic, actually. I recommend you guys go do check it out. It'd be worth your time to go give it a look. And thank you for the super chat. And it's nice to see you, too. There's a Fisher House on Fort Campbell. Yeah, there's one at Balboa Hospital. His Twitch handle is Deltia. D-E-L-T-I-A. I think it's Deltia or Delcha or something like that. This is a great story. Five days straight. Wow, Nugget says, 24 hours straight. Was he allowed to go, go use the bathroom? I'm sure he was. Probably use the bathroom, probably eat, that kind of stuff. But uh, mostly just, you know, gaming. I've seen a short documentary on HBO on the Iraq War. Iron Lotus says, veterans coming home with injuries. And there was this former machine gunner who lost his eye. He got a replacement. looked like a cyborg. Uh, there's a great documentary out there called like a live day or something like that. And, uh, and it's really good. Um, if Max can get Stu on the channel, he can get anyone. Well, I'm really excited to get Stu on. I'm really excited. So that's going to be a lot of fun. February 3rd, mark your calendars. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We'll get to, you know, ask some questions hear What's going on with him now? I recommend if you guys are listening to this now, Go check out Stu's most recent appearances on the Jocko podcast on the Nikki MGTV channel and see what he's been up to. Because talking to, listening to him now, he sounds like a different person than he did in his viral videos. And he's got a lot of great things to say. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him and seeing what the plan is for the future with what he's doing. Um, this is a, you know, when I go, when I go online, um, not here. Not here, but if I go live on Facebook, 
if I go live on um, uh, TikTok, which I do uh, once in a while, and you talk about being a veteran, people jump in the chat, and there's always one question that comes up. And it's awkward. It's awkward. So if you're a veteran, have you ever been asked this? A Marine was asked, how many people have you killed? And his response was perfect. Have you ever been asked this question? And how did you respond? Let me know in the comments. So this is from a dating app called Hinge. Uh, if you guys don't know Hinge, I don't know Hinge. I've never seen it, but it must be a new one. Um, military definitely uses dating apps a lot, especially people who are traveling uh, or changing stations, trying to meet new people. Uh, Tinder, uh, Match.com, whatever. I know people use those things all the time. They use them out here in Okinawa big time. It's how people find each other these days. So he says on his profile, this is Nicholas, a Marine. He says, just ask. I'm an open book. Any questions, just ask. Somebody said, how many people have you killed? He said, that's an effed up thing to ask. Responded, my bad. And he goes, but three. <laughs> so, so he just decided, he just decided uh, that he'll answer it anyway. Anyway, the answer is three. And apparently that's uh, the perfect response. I think that that's a very chill way to do it. You know, you kind of answer, but you also let them know in kind of a funny way that maybe that was an inappropriate question. The question is like, how do you answer that question? I don't know. I don't know the perfect way to answer it. I've been asked it many times. And usually what I say is, it's a weird question and I'm not sure how to answer it. So uh, here he came up with his, le his level of response would be to just say it. While the question can be posed, can be posed, can be fodder for dating app amusement, it can also be fraught with difficulty for many veterans, even if the answer is no for the vast majority. It could trigger reliving some bad experiences. A lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff or choose to talk about it with a professional in a professional setting, but some people are okay with it too. Some people talk about it all the time. As for prospects on Hinge, Task and Purpose has described it as a happy medium between tequila shots and hello stranger, will you marry me as Hinge. The Marine described his Hinge match as being cute, but she was kind of mean, reiterating the point with a crying face emoji. The publication will continue to monitor for future updates. So they met. He said she was cute, but kind of mean. So that's too bad. But this is his photo right here, Nicholas, of him holding a grenade launcher and uh, just looking badass out in his Marpats. Those are Marpats, right? And he's just standing outside in the desert. Looks like he's doing some training out in uh, El Centro, 29 Palms, something like that, and just getting his grenade launcher on. So what do you guys think? Is that a great answer to the question? Is that a sketch answer to the question? What would you do if you were asked? I'd love to know. I'd love to hear it. Let me know in the comments. When that question inevitably comes up with, to a veteran, how do you answer it? How many people have you killed? Why do you want to know that? That's a good question. I think people are sometimes inherently curious and they ask without thinking how that question could come across. Um, there's probably some of that. And then also some people are just antagonizers instigators and they want to, they want to, uh, I don't know, poke the bear, I guess. Let's see. Fa Sam found my wife had found your wife through Bumble. I met my wife through Tinder. Eviana says, I think he was emotional when he recorded some of his videos too. Yes, I agree. Um, what's your body count? Not enough. I wonder how the date went MC. Yes, I guess it was answered. His DMS are going to be bumping after this. Yes, that's true. Perfect answer. I would say, look at my call of duty score. Nice. I like that. The call of duty score. It's just like real life. Um, corporal. Yes. So I made the announcement at the top of the episode. Stu will be on February 3rd, 
normal time. Um, and if you have any questions you want asked of Stu Scheller, please email them to me. Um, I got to get back to you on Patreon. I know that I owe you an email. So please feel free to hit me up on there or any of my socials or the scuttlebutt show gmail.com. If you have a question you want me to ask Stu, I will be accepting those between now and the third. So remember the military kids story from earlier this week and how kind of heated we got about that, how kind of crazy that whole thing got kind of blew up, right? Like I got an email from a buddy who said his kids were affected by that. Maybe, you know, with military kids taking a lot of flack right now, being in the news, being propagandized and all this stuff, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could give them a shout out here. So let's do this. Student scores in DOD schools among the highest in the nation, report says. I'm shocked, but I'm also proud. How do you guys feel about it? DOD schools, Dodea schools, which the complication here is students going to Dodea schools likely transfer schools, move around, have a pretty tough go at it. Parents who are in and out, they have all these additional stressors. They could have money issues. A lot of military families have financial issues, financial struggles if for junior enlisted with kids, uh, an E3 with three kids that you're not really balling out of control. So despite all that, despite all the challenges of being a military family, some of the highest scores in the nation, Students in DOD schools have achieved among the highest scores in the nation for fourth and eighth grade reading and math, according to government auditors. Now, fourth grade, I feel like kids should be getting A's through probably fifth grade. Like, if your kids get on the honor roll and and in fifth grade, that's great. To me, it's the standard. Like, that should be what you're striving for. Eighth grade, now we're starting to separate people as far as... uh natural ability, gifted IQs, the curriculum gets more challenging. So the fact that DOD schools are leading in eighth grade reading and math, that's amazing. Especially considering in the last few years, school has been uniquely difficult, I would say. Students with disabilities and black and Hispanic students also score consistently higher than their peers. I've got to say, military families have got to be some of the most integrated, diverse family communities that I've ever seen. You go on to military housing on any base, go to a DOD school, that's a diverse community, okay? You're going to find more diversity there than probably in any average uh, school in the nation. Overall, fourth grade students in Dodea school scored higher in math than their peers in 98% of the states. So, was it 49 states, I guess? Dodea eighth graders scored higher in, hey, how's my math? Check that out. How's that? Uh, Dodea eighth graders scored higher in math than students in 94% of states. So, that's 47 states. I wonder what states beat them out according to scores from 2019, the most recent available. Student scores were either at the top of the charts or in second place compared with scores of students in other states and jurisdictions who took the 2019 National Assessment of Education Prog- Educational Progress Math and Reading Components. I don't even know if I ever took that. Reading scores of Dodea, fourth graders and eighth graders overall were, high, were higher than every other state. Shout out to military families and military kids. The shirt that the female is wearing here, the teacher maybe in a... Uh, in the, in the picture on this article, it says military kids rock. And I got to say, military kids do rock. Totally. Since the National Center for Education Statistics Agency doesn't report 12th grade results at the state level, GAO auditors couldn't include 12th grade results, but they did analyze data from 2013, 11, 15, 17, and 19 from that NAEP. 
Though data students' rankings have improved dramatically since 2011, especially in math that year, just 37% of states had lower scores in reading than the fourth grade Dodea population, compared to 98% of states having lower scores in 2019. So they're trending way up. That's great. That's awesome. By the way, out here on uh, Camp Foster in Okinawa, the principal of Kubasaki High School was principal of the year for Dodea. Minority students have also improved using that benchmark. In 2011, for example, 37% of states had, oh, uh, had lower scores in fourth grade math for black students than Dodea compared to 96% in 2019. These are insane differences. 73% of states had lower scores for black students than Dodea in 2011 compared to 96 in 2019. So they've trended way up and are crushing it right now statistically. Now, COVID has impacted schools, it's, but it says here, uh, students held steady in math with some slight gains among all students with disabilities and in sixth grade math. There were significant increases in geometry, 6%, and algebra, 7%, compared to that previous assessment cycle. About 95% of Dodea students participated in the end-of-year assessments in the spring of 2021. Their performance remained steady, exceeding expectations. So shout out to military kids. Do you have kids in Dodea schools? How are they doing? Are they hanging in there okay with all the stuff going on? Are their grades okay? How is it for you as a parent trying to keep up with their curriculum and help them with their homework and stuff? I'd love to hear all that in the comments. And that's just a good story. That's just a nice, it's just nice. How nice? How nice is that? So what's going on here in the comments? Uh, let me take a moment here and just read some comments. Let's see. Corporal says, I have to stop showing up late. Hey, man, you show up whenever you show up. Air Force kids are the only ones that are actually privileged, Pro Hero says. Yeah, that might be true. Air Force does get that privilege. My coasty kids are pretty lucky too. We always live on the beach. That's true. That's true. Let's see. How often do you guys move around the Coast Guard? It's a good question. Every three to four years. I bet they are behaved as well. Let's see. Not too many comments to catch up on, I guess. I hope I didn't miss anybody's comment. Hope you guys are doing great. I hope everybody listening to the show is having a good time. I hope everyone is enjoying the show. I hope everyone's enjoying the stories. I've got a... I've got one more story, and it's kind of it's kind of blows my mind that we're still talking about this. And then we're gonna do something so fun, so fun. I am absolutely beyond excited for this last thing that we're gonna do. I am stoked, like really looking forward to it. And it's the thumbnail from today's episode. You guys are probably wondering, what's the deal? What's Jody doing? And I'm gonna tell you guys, we're gonna get to it after this. Colonel's threatening comments cast doubt on a fair trial claiming Raiders and Corman charged with manslaughter. Uh, Let me reread that one. I think I jacked that one up. Colonel's threatening comments cast doubt on fair trial, a claim Raiders and Corman have made since being charged with manslaughter. This is about the Marsoc 3. This is an update on that. So if you guys don't remember, like maybe over eh, a year and a half, two years ago, we had Aaron Vanderbeck on the show, a former Marine Raider, MARSOC, Marine Special Operations Command. The newest, the newest Marine, the newest SOCOM component, MARSOC. Well, he was on my show because he was biking across the country to raise awareness about the MARSOC 3. Two Raiders and a corpsman who have been just getting tortured by the system, by the Marine Corps, raked across the coals, over what effectively was a bar fight that ended in a fatality, tragically. I'll tell you some of the details here, and we'll talk about why 
it's such a big deal to me and to many people that they're even being still going through this process and have not been exonerated, acquitted. Whatever, charges dropped is what should happen. Two Marine Raiders and a Navy corpsman have challenged whether they'll get a fair trial on manslaughter charges after one of the Corps' top lawyers made what some called threatening statements to one of their attorneys. The people involved here are Gunnery Sergeants Joshua Negron and Daniel Dreyer and Chief Petty Officer Eric Gilmet. They're facing voluntary manslaughter and negligent homicide charges related to the January 1st, 2019 death. It's been three years of Army Green Beret veteran and contractor Rick Anthony Rodriguez. The claims here corroborated by video and witness statements are that uh, Rodriguez was effectively being an asshole at the bar. So they tried to leave. When they left, Rodriguez started a fight with them outside the bar. When Rodriguez attacked them, I believe Gunnery Sergeant Negron hit him one time in the face. He fell down and hit his head. He was unconscious. His own friends, Rodriguez's own friends, abandoned him there. So the two raiders and the corpsman took him back to a room where he could sleep it off and monitored him. When it seemed like he was maybe not doing so well, they brought him to the hospital where unfortunately he did pass away. In the three years that followed, the Marine Corps has placed a hold on these guys with these charges looming over their head from one colonel to the next colonel to the next colonel for what basically nobody knows the reason. And it's effectively confirmed to be, for one, self-defense, because Rodriguez is shown in video and witness statements to be the aggressor. And then two, just a horrible accident. You know, you don't, you don't think that when you punch somebody one time that you're going to kill them. You don't, you don't expect that outcome. But that's what happened. It says here, the three men faced trials as recently as January, but those were delayed again after an anonymous complaint to the Inspector General of the Marine Corps in mid-November 2021, so a couple months ago. That triggered allegations of unlawful command influence, which those allegations have been, you know, made again and again regarding the way that the command handled this. It's a disgrace. On the part of the Marine Senior Attorney Colonel Christopher Shaw, who is pictured uh, in this photo up here. If you guys follow, find this article, it's just a Marine lawyer in his, uh, a judge advocate in his office posing for a photo. He looks like a, uh, he's an 05. In the Negron and Dreyer case, which is being tried separately from Gilmet, Judge Lieutenant Colonel Cotto ruled on Monday that defense attorneys had satisfied the low burden of presenting some evidence that could constitute unlawful command influence if proven true. Now the prosecution must respond with sufficient evidence for the judge to rule that unlawful command influence was not committed. So the burden of proof, of course, being on the prosecution here. As of uh, press time Wednesday, a ruling had not yet been made in the Gilmet case as to whether or not unlawful command influence allegations would move forward. And now we're just awaiting... These guys' careers have been ended by this. They, their, their lives have been on hold for years. It's a nightmare. So Shaw has been a Marine lawyer since 2004. He was deputy director of the Judge Advocate Division of Marine Corps when he tra traveled to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. While the deputy director position does not officially select Marine attorneys for assignments and career progression, input from that office is considered by the job field's monitor, according to the Marine attorney statements made in court filings and a subsequent command investigation of Shaw. At one of those briefings, he spoke with Marine Defense Counsel assigned to bases in the area. Marine Attorney Captain Matthew Thomas, an o captain in the Marine Corps in 03, and he's in 05, who was representing Gilmet, asked Shaw in the open forum about protection for defense attorneys. 
What is being done to protect the attorney in that position from outside influences such as political pressures, media pressure, and general societal pressure? I know your name and I know what cases you're on and you are not protected, Shaw told Thomas, according to at least four sworn affidavits contained within court documents. You are shielded but not protected. And those are the statements that are causing the investigation. In two statements that Shaw provided before exercising his right to remain silent, the colonel called his comments about defense attorney not being protected as or an example for the attorneys to note as he talked about the issue of outside pressure on high-profile cases. He says, nevertheless, I do not believe anything I recall saying during my talks with the defense counsel during the dates alleged were negative or degrading to their practice, their cases, or their career advancements. So now this is extending. Now the lawyers are on trial. <laughs> you know, like this case, this whole thing has gotten so out of control. And there's a bunch of texts here uh, involving the um, Shaw and the uh, attorneys. Um, ultimately, this case, this is a really long article. I don't want to get into the whole thing here. I just want to highlight the fact that the Marsoc 3, their lives are still hanging in the balance over this case, which really should never have been brought to trial except for what appears to be political pressure on the Marsoc community to you know, hang their troops out to dry. And it's not the first time. Marsoc, since its inception, has had a history of turning its back on its troops. And if you go listen to the Aaron Vanderbeck episode by finding it on the podcast, you'll hear some of those examples. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I wish those guys the best. One day I would love to have them on the show to tell their side of the story, everything that happened, because it sounds like it's just one of the best examples of the military justice system betraying its people over what? Maybe a career case for the prosecutor, a big, like a promotion. I mean, for what? Really? Seriously, for what? So you guys let me know what you think about that in the comments. And what do you think about the Marsoc 3? Have you heard of the Marsoc 3? Do you know what's going on with that? Let me know. Sam says, yes, I have heard of this. Yeah. I've got one more thing. They say, being underestimated is one of the biggest competitive advantages. We must embrace it. Lots of support, friend. Whatever that was in regards to, I like it. Let's see. Um, let's see. Anything else going on in the chat here? Still should have dropped him out of hospital. Well, they, they eventually brought him to the hospital after he uh, was, you know, not responsive uh, after being brought back to his room. Corporal says, been in bad fights at the bar, couldn't get out of it. It's a bad situation to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nugget says, Poor guys, and all of this was over a choice of three men thinking of getting a beer. That's really makes you think. Really makes you think, doesn't it? All right, guys. Last thing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. Do you guys like country music? Do you guys know the band Midland? New music video features Marine hooking up with his commanding officer's daughter, what? We're going to react to that. I got it right here. We're going to do a reaction. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see this. I have not seen it yet, but the country band Midland, who I saw one time in Paso Robles, California, it was awesome, known for their hit songs, Drinking Problem and Cheating Songs, just released a new music video that might have you asking, were they drunk when they filmed this? Apparently, the song Sunrise Tells the Story, the band's latest video on January 22nd was released, features the tale of a junior enlisted officer, which, can we just stop for a second? A junior enlisted officer? Like, this is a Military Times article. I don't expect Midland to be the expert on the military, but the Military Times wrote a junior enlisted officer. 
I don't need to explain to you guys how jacked up that is. But anyway, stealing a way to hook up with his colonel's daughter during his retirement party with a little help from his battle buddies. And we're going to watch it. We are going to, we're going to watch it. Midland, the song is Sunrise Tells a Story of How a Junior Enlisted Officer Hooked Up with His CO's Daughter. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm beyond excited. All right, right off the bat, we got to talk about the haircut, right? I know the Marines out there are going to be like, that hair? Going out with that haircut? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a half cigarette swimming in red wine. The rigor still spinning the scene of the crime. It's looking like a toy. Mustache is totally out of regs. He's up there. He doesn't even have a rank up there. Mustache is out of regs. Everything is just a mess here. Iron that sleeve, Marine on the left. Made him out of come crashing through the door. You can't say what happened. Ooh, you know when the CEO's daughter gives you those eyes. When, oh, God. Oh, this is epic. I love this. Oh, I didn't even notice those guys' haircuts. Oh, how are you going to... I didn't even notice they got mullets. Marines don't have mullets. I mean, that'd be pretty badass if they did, but I'm pretty sure no Marines out there walking around in their uh, service uniform with uh, their dress uniform with mullets. Marines are Marines heads are exploding all around the nation right now. I'll tell you that. He's like, ha ha, I'm about to ruin my life. That's the, <laughs> that's the, oh man, let me have one last drink before I destroy my future. Oh man, this is going to be a good night. I'm going to have a good time. On the last I recall was a colder tale too. We headed back to my place like two strangers do. And who would have thought that we'd end up on tangled Oh, no. <laughs> this is like, can they should just pause here so she can explain how she hates her dad and uh, he wasn't around enough because he was always deployed and how he loves Marines more than her and all that stuff. Like, can we just have that moment really quick? my daughter at? Where's my young, where's Bethany? Bethany, Bethany. Is 
Punch you in the face. Is it a book or a chapter? That's legit. That that part's legit. Those are some road dogs right there. That's a battle buddy. A few words on a page. Thin piece of glass, and the stars was blushed when you kissed me like that. And we can hide the evidence scattered everywhere, and all is making glory. And I know the truth, but the sunrise tells a story. All the night, getting that DUI might as well end the night with a DUI. Why not? You're already on a roll, man. You're on such a roll. Just go ahead and do it. Get the DUI. Let it ride. With the night of your life. I love the military. I love it. I love it. Love the military. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all that. Man, that was awesome. Good job. Bravo Zulu. Why would they make that? Why would you even make that video? I don't even understand. Why would you even make that video? How did the idea come come about? I don't know. But I loved it. it that made me so happy. I, I'm about to... Go add that song to my iTunes playlist. That is going to happen. I like Midland. That's a cool band. I hope they're having a good time. I hope they're doing well. <laughs> what did you guys think about that song? Let me know. Let me know. The comments are pretty awesome. Let me know what you guys thought about it. I would love to hear it. Oh, man. Good times. Harry Lime Pie says, eight ball in the side pocket. Yep. Let's see. Scuttlebutt, is this a 1980s Marine parody video? Yeah, it feels like it. It's so easy to find a Marine who knows how to not let this happen. This is just laziness. Uh, if I was her, I would not screw a dude looking like Bateman from American Psycho. That's true. That's true. Uh, somewhere in the world, there are Marine drill instructors laughing so hard at this. Yep. I bet this is a $20 can. I bet the bet is $20 camel. No, the age of lady on the premises. Uh, no military alignment for the CO. Yeah. Yo, 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 BC Tommy. What's up? Maybe on the body composition program. My buddy dated an Air Force colonel's daughter right out of the boot camp. He was quickly transferred to Anchorage. I had a moment like that when I was in E3 on the carrier. I just transferred off the carrier a few months earlier. And I, I maybe like six months earlier, and I saw the old CO at the gym. And he goes, Bloom. And I, How do you know my name? You know, uh, I was Blue Jacket of the quarter one, so I had lunch with the CO, and he remembered who I was. So uh, we're in there, and I'm like checking out this female. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, it's my daughter. I was like, oh, oh God. I, well, who? Who's your daughter? I don't see anybody. Like, I, I, all I see he, is weights. 
He actually asked me to spot him. That's why we were talking. He was like, you spot me? About to rep out this 315. I was like, no doubt. I got you. And, uh, and then that's how that whole thing played out. And I was like, cool. Good, goodbye. Goodbye. I'm never coming back to this gym. Have a great life. Thank you for being the commander of the carrier. So that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. If you have questions for Stu Scheller, please email them to me, Instagram me, whatever, DM me, Patreon, uh, Discord, whatever. I'm going to try to start compiling those for the Stu Scheller episode on February 3rd. I'll be creating an event for that soon. As always, links in the description down below. Become a patron, become a member, join this channel. Go buy Scuttlebutt Show merch like this Train to Train t-shirt that I'm wearing at scuttlebuttshow.com. And with all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys all next time. And for now, that's the Scuttlebutt.